Transferring wealth successfully starts with asking yourself questions that will give your family a better life now and for generations to come. In this podcast, financial professionals John and Michael from Copper Beach Financial Group guide you through eye-opening questions to help you discover the truth about your wealth. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to The Truth About Wealth with John and Michael Paris of Copper Beach Financial Group. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hey guys, what's going on today? Oh, good stuff, Wendy. Just got back from a very nice vacation with the kids, grandkids. It was kind of crazy, but we had a good time. <laughs> I was uh, going to say. Summer flew by as usual. As the older you get, it, it, it moves as quicker than you, than you like, but it's all good. Yeah, that yeah. seems to be the story these days. But yeah, vacation was nice. Yeah, it was good family good. reunion. All that good stuff. A good time. So what's so today, happening with today? Yeah, I, I, Michael and I were chit chatting a little little while ago. <clears throat> at, at Copper, we, we I think we do a bunch of really uh, neat stuff as practitioners. But there's an area that that we've discovered through our relationships with our families that it focuses on the backstage of things. What I mean by that is. You know, a lot of people do planning around their wealth and while they're living in their for retirement and selling their companies, whatever it might be. But when the, the matriarch and patriarch pass away, now what? So one of the questions we ask a lot of the families, what advisor do you have in place that upon your passing is going to take charge and take care of your wife and your kids? Or if you both go take care of your kids on all financial affairs? Like, who do you trust in your advisor community that will help you do that? And we get blank stares. So there's a, there's a challenge. We talked about this in previous podcasts, but it's starting to come come to bear a little bit more. So we had a, a couple situations with the families where we've had a, a passing of a client, and we've been very much involved in helping the family on the backstage of planning. So I thought today would be an interesting conversation around what does that look like? What? Why that? Why is that important? And I thought that would be a good discussion for today, Michael. Yeah, no, I think this is de- definitely something we've touched on in prior podcasts in, in the past, and I agree. I think it's becoming, you know, it's interesting. I mean, we've been having these conversations along these lines for a lot of years now, and I don't know if it's just coincidence or some of the the families that that we're coming across, but um, it definitely seems to be resonating with them, I think, in a in a different way than it has in the past. And um, yeah, so it's just that this is an area I think that for our listeners will be good for them to, you know, again, always there's so much for you as a as a family, a, a wealthy family, as a business owner for you to think about. And we're not trying to add more things to think about yeah, exactly. uh, to your plate. However, you know, as we've talked about these, these issues are something that's important to plan for to your point that we, we, we do a lot of planning for let's say retirement or investment planning or business planning, if you're a business owner, but you know, having this sort of generational outlook for your family is we think vital uh, for a variety of reasons, which we'll, we'll hopefully get into a little bit here today, but yeah, I think this will be a good, a good discussion. Yeah, so so why this is important to to us at Copper Beach is I just got back from a study group, and, and that study group is a a good bunch of very high end advisors in the industry from all different parts of the country, all different type practices, and we get together a couple times a year, and we share best practices, and, and they're really really great great 
Great guys. <clears throat> and we spent a good amount of time talking about what our practice should look like going forward. And my comment to all these wonderful guys is that the industry got lazy. And I said that in a podcast before. And I don't mean to be negative, but we get used to being stuck where we have always been, where we have a practice that, let's say, manages money. Uh, and that's their focus. Nothing wrong with that. That's a great practice. But I think the industry's shifting. And I started to tell, tell the group that what Michael and I do here at Copper Beach is we're like, we go after the puck. I know that sounds kind of corny, but we, we go after the puck. Where the puck's going, we go towards. And one of my teammates here at the office a couple of months ago said, uh, boss, we're we're like so different than we were five years ago. I said, exactly. So I think what we do well here at Copper Beach is look at what's going on around us in the markets, what families' needs are. What, what's challenges that are being faced with, with the economies or what's going on with the business environment. And and we we always move towards trying to improve what we do for families here at Copper Beach. So so that kind of backs backs into why the second stage or backstage planning is a focus of ours now. Because if you think about it, it when you're not here anymore, everybody's got to kind of figure out, if it's not planned well, what your intentions were, what the values you want to shift to the to the generations. So we, we spent a lot of time trying to figure that out up, up front, but there's a message in the backside. We need to keep that moving. So we now work with G2 and G3 with families, and that seems to be a focus on setting them up to what mom and dad ultimately pass. We're going to be in place to focus on the backstage of all the financial affairs of the family. And so far, we're getting a, a lot of good feedback from families that, that, that they said it was needed, especially when you, I mean, Michael's an attorney, the probing process, which we try to avoid all the time. But if you get stuck in a probate scenario, that's a nightmare. I don't know, Wendy, if you've ever been involved in probate, but it's a nightmare. And we try to eliminate that as much as we can, but they need help in that particular issue arises. Well, who helps them? Well, you have attorneys that do a pretty good job doing it. But beyond that, who helps the family address all the issues? So that's that's really where we're coming from. I know, Michael, you want to throw throw your hat in there a little bit? Well, I think, yeah, I think that's one example, a good example of, you know, again, the backstage of, of you know, what happens when, when in this case, somebody passes away. And obviously, that's a hugely traumatic event on its own. And then when you have a lot of family complexity, both, let's say, interpersonal dynamics, you know, between siblings or parents and and children or extended family members, and then you add on top of that, maybe a lot of financial capital, it gets very complicated very quickly. And there's a lot of pitfalls that can happen. And so, you, you know, attorneys, to your point, and that is, you know, my peers do a very good job of sort of the the technical you know, administrative process of getting through that, that probate scenario. But, you know, a lot of times there's, there's more that's needed. And, and, and that's really where I think that again, Copper Beach can fill a nice niche and there's not a lot of advisors out there that are doing that. But I know one thing we were talking about too, before uh, we we started this dad was uh, more about this, uh, the video that we just recently Uh, this is kind of a newer adventure for part of the backstage backstage. but i thought it would be good to touch on that as a you know as a way to you know our favorite question we've said it probably ad nauseum here on on the podcast is you know how do you want to be remembered and that's a really loaded question and you can go in a lot of different directions with that question but you know when you start looking at these 
you know, the family wealth and being passed down, family businesses being passed down to the next generation, the history of the family and where everything came from and started, really, it's easy for that to be lost over time. And so we're starting to explore and having, you know, a, a, an interview process, a film process with some of the matriarch or patriarchs of the family to maybe get allow them to get their their story down, allow them to really outline what their values are and how they formed the business or where all of this came from so that the next generation or future generations beyond just the next generation will really understand that a little bit better. So maybe you can kind of talk about what we did with uh, with a, a recent family here locally. Done. Yeah, we, uh, we, we, again, to Michael's point, we work pretty much on the generational side and this fits very well to present the history of the founders in a video that allows future generations to understand who they're, who they were, what they're all about, like where they, had they fall in love. It sounds, sounds, but, but we had a great time with this client, but how did they, how did they be, how did they fall in love? And how, how did they start from, how did they, how did they build this from the beginning of the business? What stress did they go through? How, what, how did they get their kids involved or not? So it was, it was a great two hour session. We brought a videographer in with lights. It was kind of exciting. Clients did a, a fabulous job. And we have probably what a hundred questions we, we had on a sheet of paper that we could ask the family. Yeah. We have an outline of questions depending on the family. We try to keep it light. Uh, but it was really fascinating. They really got into their values very deeply. They got into what drove them to build this company. But what was really interesting, which which we knew about this family, they were very, very much involved with taking care of their employees. Very, very focused on that. They, they realized early on in their building of the business that although they had the vision for the business, they need good employees that shared that the, the vision and values to move the company forward. So we spent a lot of time speaking to this family on how they really handle their employees and, and how important they were to the operations and how they kind of helped the, the, you know, the, the, uh, the business grow. And then we talked about the kids. Uh, one of the, one of the children got very much involved in the business early on. The other one did not. And, and interesting when you talk about getting kids in the business and, and I'll, I'll relate to me and Michael, when Michael joined Copper beach, God, it's almost 15 years ago. It's starting to believe my, yeah. Geez. One of my, one of my, thoughts as a dad was is he going to like working with his father or is he going to like the industry so i was betting on all those that he was going to be happy with those two two issues turned out i got lucky not only did michael fall in love with the industry and i i, I mean that sincerely michael had adapted a, a heart for the business and sorry attorneys but being attorneys don't typically go that direction <laughs> michael michael at big scale not only has the technical expertise but also has the heart that goes along with it which is a great combination so that was a that was wonderful to see but we also get along great we respect each other at our levels where we are and we together 50 years we we haven't fought about anything politics maybe every once in a while but or well, some other thing by go smiling some other issues but but from a business standpoint we've gotten along famously with no battles so as a as a parent as a dad that started the company that was a concern of mine. And this particular client had the same issue. He wasn't sure if, if the kids were going to get involved in the business. It just happens the son did. He runs the company very successfully, and he's doing a fabulous job. So it's great to see that develop. But looking back historically, people need to see that. They need to see this great company 
how it developed and who was involved with it and how the kids perpetuated the success from G2 to G3 as an example. I don't know, Michael, do you have any other thoughts on that? Well, yeah, and, and you know, part of the evolution of a family, of course, is, you know, that it as the generations, you know, in this case, family business, as the next generation takes over the company, you know, there's going to be shifts. It's inevitable that the, the next generation is going to have different philosophies around how the business should be run and the succession plan and whether or not the next generation, you know, the third generation in this case is going to get involved in the business. And, you know, in, in this example, that third generation is, you know, under 10 years old. So it's a definitely not something that needs to be decided today. But, you know, all of these videos can really be a good bridge, I think, to that transition. So if the third generation wants to get into the business someday, they have to look at where grandma and grandpa started the company and couch that within where they are now as in their lives and where the business is and the economy and everything else. So it's a really nice, uh, you know, again, we, we feel it's a really nice way to get the family to pass down those values, see where the family came from. And, you know, again, it's, kind of a new adventure for us. We've done it kind of here and there over the years when clients really have have wanted us to do that. But I think after this one, it might become more of a regular part of our service. Oh, I model. could agree more. Because uh, I just think it, it really resonates well with families. But, um, you know, overall, I wanted to talk about too, Dad, the, you know, because again, you, you went to the study group and I know a lot of those guys and I agree, they're, they're great practitioners and, and technicians in our field. But, I feel like this this sort of conversations maybe where the future of our industry or, or wealth advising in general is going to go because a lot of things are it should go well it should go but I think it will over time is maybe is a little slower right. than than we would otherwise want it to go as as an industry but I, I know you're reading a a book I by James Grubman who yes. is a a prior guest of ours he he and a colleague have a new book out called. Uh, wealth 3.0, the future of family wealth advising. I feel like we should maybe reach out to Jim, see if he can be a guest and talk about this book. But I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, because I, I saw when we were on vacation that you were reading that. I'd like to read it when you're done with it. But I don't know if they, that seems to be the general theme, at least okay. as in, when I was perusing the book, that this is kind of the, at least their argument is where the future of wealth advising should be in terms of touching on some of these more backstage topics like we're, we're talking about here today. Yeah, it, it just it goes back to what I said earlier, that the industry got kind of lazy in a way. And Jim and his cohorts saw that process over the last 30 years in the financial services business shift and move. And they realized that the next level, the next generation of advisors should have more than just money, part of their arsenal. Uh, it should be more of a consultative more of a warmer approach to managing wealth with families. It's not just an uh, assets under management type of strategy. Now, fortunately, Copper Beach is, I'll, I'll, I'll plug Copper Beach from a little bit of an ego standpoint. We're 20 years ahead of our time because we I saw that 20 years ago, that I saw a need for building out a Copper Beach type of style strategy that had all the pieces, uh, had the consultative approach on, uh, how to build wealth, the protection advice on how to protect it, uh, asset protection as a as a theme, uh, the generational focus on building the generational plan. Uh, again, we go back to the hundred year plan that we build for families. 
Uh, so that that so we were a little ahead of the curve, but that book just reinforced what Michael and I do here at Copper Beach more so, because they and I agree with one hundred percent. I haven't finished reading it yet, but it's a very very a very very nuanced to the advisor community to read that book and say where should I be building my practice. Matter of fact, some of the younger folks getting into the business should read that book immediately and and look at where the industry needs to go as an advisor. And I think the CFP designation becomes important, the financial planning piece of it. This group we got together, most of that group uh, were not financial planners. They were product purveyors, which is not a bad thing. So we talked a great deal on you need to build out a financial planning type practice, which which just gets involved in what we're talking about is what does that mean? What does financial planning mean? Well, from our standpoint, is that it's generational. It's also a backstage kind of a strategy and a front stage planning strategy. So it's all inclusive. So it's more of a consultive approach. And I think that's that's where we kind of hope we, we, we want to keep pushing what we do here at Copper Beach. But Jim's book outlines that, I think, very nicely so far. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's a real challenge, I think, too, oh, just because it's, incredible. It, you know, people Who's teaching someone to do it? Right, exactly. I mean, people in our industry and, and my background as an attorney, that's certainly not something that we learned about in law school. And and I don't think it's, yeah. you know, if you're a CPA, you may be in, in our financial services uh, industry, but you have a CPA background, I, I would imagine that's the same. You're probably not being taught how to engage clients or families with that type of discussion. It's just not what the training is. And so it's, it, it really, I, I view it as for, for me and, and us at Copper Beach and our colleagues is really more of a, a lifetime. It's kind of a lifetime commitment of learning because there's so much, I mean, it's, it's almost overwhelming of the amount of, of topics we can learn about from the technical topics of investing or insurance or estate planning, business succession planning, then you add on, you know, again, I go back to this general term softer side, the the maybe psychological side or psychiatric side we talk about. We do a lot of psychiatry. You know, that's that's a whole other world that many people in our industry aren't uh, being trained on. So, you know, there's some good, you know, like this book, I think is a you know, again, I'm excited to read it too. Hopefully, is a helpful guide to people in our industry to kind of look, just shift your thought process yeah. a little bit differently. By the way, we get back to the videos for a second because it's it, it's great for business owners, but anybody that's listening, you should do this for your families. Yeah, I mean, I did it with my aunt. It was a long time ago. She was 98. God bless her heart. She was a pip at 98. But we did a whole two hour session on her because she had a history that I did. Obviously, how would I know that? So she talked about the two generations before her, which was fascinating when you really think about that ancestry type of approach. And we, I think we did a little bit of that on a, on a podcast where we actually have one of our good clients does a lot of ancestry work and did one on us and my family. And I found out she knows more about my family than I do. So I think I think that video could could help families transfer that history to the next generation again you don't have to own a business it could be just families that want to want to remember a history of that family i think everyone should get that done the other thing i want to bring up it's it's not necessarily always a positive thing <laughs> i would be careful i say this i call it clean out the closet what i mean by that is when someone passes away there's a lot of stuff around a lot of things in closets, a lot of things in boxes, a lot of things in the garage, a lot of things in their desk drawers that unless you clean that out, there might be things in there that might be a, might might not be a positive memory 
for you for the family. I there was a there's an article I read where a gentleman had a, a, a wonderful a wonderful history of being successful, but when he passed, they found some very very interesting things about his about his about his, about his past that no one knew about. So it's it sounds, sounds kind of interesting, but it it makes sense to me if you think about looking through your stuff and cleaning things out to make sure everything's in order. It's just good practice because we collect a lot of junk in our lives. I don't know about you, Wendy, but I, I have a lot of junk in my closet and in my garage. So I, my wife and I are now starting to clean stuff out and you find things that you say, I didn't, I didn't remember this or I didn't remember. I didn't know we had that. I thought we threw that away years ago. Kind of a thing. So clean out the closet. That's one of my, we have one of my messages as part of that backstage thing. I don't know if that resonates with anybody, but it's interesting. Just in case there's something there that you don't want anybody to know about. Yeah, I, I was trying to be careful with that, but you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of people have that live a long time and have a lot of history that they might not want people to know about. You know, they might have been early on in their life that might have had a drug issue, and there was a, a you know, there's could have been stuff written about that somewhere. I mean, so there's a lot of there's a lot of history. I think you need to you need to protect that. Goes back to how do you want to be remembered? Our first question in our on our on our website, and by the way. We have hours of conversation with clients on that one simple question because that covers a lot of stuff if you think about it. Memories are interesting, and, and people want to have a specific memory of themselves. And it's a, a lot of people, it's a very, very important thing. They, they spend a lot of time with it. Yeah, it's a challenge, too, because you know th- this isn't exactly what you were talking about, Dad, but it got me thinking to, in, in terms of you know generationally, we, you know, we don't know exactly. We don't really don't know at all. Uh, you know, 100 years from now, if you're putting things in place today, exactly what a the world's going to look like, um, you know, what legacy you, you know, you may want to leave a very positive legacy and, and doing some of these strategies. But, you know, things things come up throughout life that, you know, like I think about if you're a beneficiary of a trust today, as an example, and I'm kind of making up this scenario, but I'm sure it exists where you know, maybe your grandparents or great grandparents were, um, you know, tobacco farmers or or owned a cigarette, you know, manufacturing company or something along those lines. You know, the legacy that the founder had at that time was, you know, probably a po- in their perspective a positive one because at the time, you know, that was you know, say in the early 1900s, you know, that was what everybody did. There was no, they they smoked cigarettes. Fast forward a hundred years later, well, that's you know, all of the financial capital that was accumulated during that time, the beneficiaries of that might not have the same feelings as their great grandparents are. So, you know, there's only so much we can all do, right? We say you can't manage from the grave. That's a, and that I think- That's an ugly comment, but it's yeah. true. Well, yeah. And what I mean by that is, you know, assets, a lot of times that gets used sure. in a, in a how assets are distributed to children or to descendants in the future. But a lot of times it, it's your legacy as well, through no fault of your own. But I, I just when you were talking about that, you know, cleaning out the closet just got me thinking about that. There's, you know, even as much as we try, there's things that happen throughout life that, you know, you're just not going to be able to control. It's never going to be perfect. But we try to do the best we can to, you know, create at least context through these videos. Right. That could be a great example. Right. You have, you know, video somebody and now you have 100 years later, somebody watching that video might not think po- as positively about where great-grandparents came from however now they see this video oh okay well they were just they were doing what they were going to do in their time frame and and now that maybe helps me have a better feeling or attachment to let's say this financial capital that we're the recipients of down the road yeah what's that what was that favorite say i didn't realize how smart my parents were until i was 21 
kind of a thing. As you as you hear, you think your parents are not as smart as you are. They don't know anything about what you're trying to do with your life. And until you look back, and say, God, my parents are pretty smart. <laughs> they knew what they were talking about. So that's that generational piece again. At, at Michael, that's that's perfectly put. Is that we can't really we we plan for families to do the best thing we possibly can under today's environment, but but fifty hundred years from now. You know, things could be so different, but we try our best to put a plan in place that has some logic, has some some values uh, that that support it, uh, has direction for the family, and hopefully you create wealth to take care of that family going forward. And we we stress that a lot, where we build these trust structures, where we call it the estate bank. Uh, that's one of our questions we ask as well that have you created an estate bank for your family and all it is is having a trust structure that allows your kids to access capital for whatever needs they need uh in their future lives but have a structure to it where it acts like a bank you want to borrow money from your trust that's great the trustee who runs the trust will say fine i'll lend you that hundred thousand dollars but you have to pay it back so not only does it act like a bank it also teaches values it also teaches children to respect the wealth that they inherited. So so all this, I know it sounds kind of complex all the time. That's why we spin sometimes as a practice. There's so many avenues that we address. There's so many different complex uh, issues that we come across. Again, that changing environment just causes more anxiety to people. We try to keep it on a level keel because it can get stressful. People are more stressed today than I've ever seen before. I don't know if you've seen that in your world, but people just are it's insecure about what's going on in their futures, mm-hmm. obviously politically here in the country, obviously with the walls going around the world, with inflation, with all the challenges they have. That's all part of the equation that we kind of push aside, but it bears down on a lot of lot of people. And they, they, they have enough to handle on their own personally that they have to address all the other stuff that's going around them. So it's a challenge. So I think we at Copper Beach as that softer side of advising, we get very, very much involved with our families on a, on a very high level, emotional level. We help as much as we can to try to control that anxiety in the world that we work in uh, to make it easy for them to understand what they built, why they built it, how it's structured, and we stay on top of it. We have quarterly meetings. Nothing really falls through the cracks. Uh, we get to be a pain in the neck about it, but it's important long-term because if you talk to any of our families, they'll tell you it's a wonderful thing to keep on, on, on pace with things that we built together uh, for them as a family. So it's it's kind of a it's a wonderful practice. It, that book is Wealth 3.0 is a, is a very good start for any practitioner that wants to see where the future should be going or is going. I think it's a wonderful book to read. Michael, any more final thoughts on, on anything? I, I mean, I have I have a lot of thoughts on on this. I mean, I think that you know, getting back to the you mentioned the estate bank, which is something we've also talked about quite a few times and and I was I'm thinking back to the video we did with this with this family and uh you know one of the things that that really resonated with me is when they were talking about starting the business they were talking about I don't remember the exact dollar values of of the loan it wasn't the, a lot the founder had you know at, at, to take to get the business started I think it was you know maybe like borrow twenty five thousand dollars this is back in the 1975 70s like mid 70s you know borrowed twenty five thousand dollars grew the business and then a year later borrowed 50,000 paid it back grew the business year or two later 100,000 so it was interesting where you see the 
the progression of the business growing. And I think from an estate bank concept, the reason why this triggered in my head was, you know, that's a that's a great story when you're telling that and and the future generations are watching that and they let's say as an example, they want to start their own business, but they see that they might have a trust vehicle that's got, you know, let's say millions of dollars that's in place for them and they're the beneficiary. Well, they could just say, well, hey, just give me the $100,000 to start my business. Well, but maybe maybe the family's process is if you want to start the business, maybe you have that same loan sort of process that the founders went through. Just using that as an example, that could be a value that a family wants to lay down and where these videos can be, a, I think, a really good way to encapsulate those family values for those future generations that when they want to start their business, maybe that's a process that gets developed. So there's so many ways that you can utilize these oh, videos for whether it's a state bank or just understanding the values of the family, you know, what makes the family, you know, how do you become a good member of this family, right? That's another question that sometimes we we ask families. So it's just, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it is complex because it can go in a lot of different directions. There's no oh boy. one right answer, but it's, it's, you know, it's about at least getting a process down and paying right. attention. So I think that if, if anything else, you know, hopefully we can cement that in our listeners is that, you know, following this generational outlook really has value. Yes, it's it's a lot more work sometimes to really focus on that on top of everything else that we're all dealing with on a day-to-day basis, but it really has a, a lot of value and can be a really powerful tool going forward. So, Yeah, I, I'll, I'll go backwards a little bit for a few of our podcasts, but that all this just supports what families should be considering in their planning is create a mission statement for their family, try to get together and create a strategy, a goal, a game plan for the family from from mom and dad's perspective and obviously get the kids involved. Then the second piece would be when you develop the estate strategies is that legacy letter is extremely important to even support the backstage of the issues we're we're addressing today. Is that legacy letter is is a love letter to your kids. It's kind of a communication and support to the trustees that uh, that are managing the trusts, in this case, as a, as a trustee managing a trust, they need to be communicated to what what direction the family wants to take their next generation through, the values and, and what their hopes would be and dreams would be for the kids. So all this supports that backstage conversation today because I think if all that is done well up front, the backstage becomes a lot easier, avoiding probate having a legacy letter in place, having a mission statement in place, having a video done on the matriarch or patriarch. So if you build this, if you look at the bigger bigger picture, I don't want to take everybody through a, a global issue, but this is a global perspective on a family. Again, if you think about creating a 100-year family, that's what it takes to build. You need to have all these pieces in place. But the key piece is what advisor can you rely on in your current team of advisors that's going to help you do that. If you don't have one that does it, you should probably consider looking for one, especially if you have a higher net worth structure in your family. The the, the higher net worth you have, the more this becomes extremely important. But net worth is a funny conversation because if you're worth a million dollars today, as an example, most people say, well, that's, that's pretty good. But if you look at someone who's worth 50 million, that's really not anyone that has a lot of net worth. But that 100 million could, excuse me, yeah, that million could grow to 30 million, 30 years of that, depending on how you invest it, how you develop that money. So you could have a very large estate 
So if you don't put these things in perspective and plan for that opportunity that might exist, you kind of get trapped and you wait too long and it's too late. I I can't tell you how many families we come across where they're in their 60s and 70s and just start to do their planning. I would recommend everybody that's listening, if you're a young business owner, if you're a young family, start your exit strategies now. In other words, what is your world going to look like if I'm not here anymore? What would you want to have happen? Especially if you're a business owner. Michael often talks to business owners, you know, set up your buy-sell agreements between your partners, but have an exit strategy at that same conversation, that same meeting. What is our company going to look like? We want to leave it. We want to retire from it. If someone passes away from from this business, what do you want? To, what do we want that to look like? So all these become very, very important. Again, I don't want to overblow this to where people are getting stressed by listening to this, but it. But I want to emphasize that it is complex. The world is complex. The estate planning world is complex. The investor world is very complex. So you need good people around you to guide you. That's my message. If you don't have a good people around you, find them. Because I think you're going to need to address a lot of these issues. They need qualified people to do that. And that's you guys, the good people. Well, yeah, I, I hate to pitch Copper Beach on a, on a, on a podcast, <laughs> but, but I do in certain aspects because I saw this 20 plus years ago. This weakness in the, in the in the world of financial services. That's why I built Copper Beach, and as I said earlier, I'm blessed to have Michael that is a cohort to that, and has the same vision and heart that I have for it, and that's important. But it, we we can't work with the world. So there's there's, yeah. there's, there's other advisors that are listening. This this is this just should be a message to you that build your practice to support that need that the, that the that these businesses want that these families need. It's just a it's just a and we talked about that study group. The business owner marketplace is underserved big time from a, from a legal standpoint, from a financial advice standpoint, and from a succession standpoint. It's underserved big time. It fascinates me why. I don't know why, it, because it's complex, I guess, but it's a needed service. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Okay. Michael, you have final thoughts before we close out? Uh, no, I think this has been a great discussion. I, I, you know, I would echo what what you just said it you know we don't want people to feel overwhelmed hopefully by this discussion but you know maybe it'll reinforce taking the, the steps to focus on this a little bit more uh it isn't something that happens overnight it's a, it's an ongoing you know process to to really make it work and you know maybe this will light a fire under some listeners to uh i hope so start that and families too yeah All right. Well, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, John. And thank you for joining us today. Please like, follow, and share this podcast. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to the Truth About Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Copper Beach Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. This material is for informational purposes only. Neither APFS nor its representatives provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Please consult your own tax, legal, or accounting professional before making any decisions. Copper Beach is not affiliated with American Portfolios Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolios Advisors, Inc. 
Securities offered through American Portfolio Financial Services, Inc., a member of FINRA SIPC, Investment Advisory and Financial Planning Services offered through American Portfolio Advisors, Inc., an SCC-registered investment advisor. These opinions are subject to change at any time without notice. Any comments or postings are provided for informational purposes only and do not constitute an offer or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or other financial instruments. Readers should conduct their own review and exercise judgment prior to investing. Investments are not guaranteed, involve risk, and may result in a loss of principal. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Investments are not suitable for all types of investors. Copper Beach is an unaffiliated entity of American Portfolios Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolios Advisors, Inc. Any opinion expressed in this forum is not the opinions of American Portfolio Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolio Advisors, Inc. and have not been reviewed by the firm for completeness or accuracy. American Portfolios and Copper Beach Financial Group are not affiliated with any other named business entities mentioned.